ברוכים הבאים ל-The Sweep. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Sweep, and today we have Stacy Leewood. Stav, take it from here. Uh, so we have Stacy with us. Stacy is an NBA certified agent, the youngest NBA certified agent in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, hello, Stacy. Hi. So, um... I we so first time meeting uh, in person not really in person but by video but uh, we talked for a while because you helped us uh, uh, do the interview with Mera and uh, right. he, he told us uh, you haven't told us that that your agency is part of his uh, business as well and mm-hmm. it's really really cool so uh, we looked at your client list and we have do you know we have an Israeli connection in your client list? Ooh. No, I don't think I did know. <laughs> so, so your guy, Xavier Moon, was the star of Maccabi Hoda Sharon in the Israeli oh, yeah, yeah, second yeah. division. Um, yeah. So I wanted to, uh, actually, I wanted to start in a different place, but if you're already talking about that, um, it's really interesting to me. Maybe you can know from your other clients or from maybe from uh, Xavier's stories. How is it for, for um, a professional player that used to play um, college sports uh, with huge crowds, uh, some professional teams, then he goes to a small place like Koda Sharon that's like a 50K town in Israel in the second division with a town of a high, with a gym of a high school that can only <laughs> host like 500 spectators. And usually the games come about around 50. How uh, is that kind of experience for them? I think it depends a little bit on the player and, you know, where they actually did go to college. Some of these guys play NCAA Division I, but depending on if you're like a low major, mid major, high major, you do have a very different experience most of the time. I will say that I think for Americans going overseas for the first time in general, no matter where it is, there is a little bit of culture shock. Um, the rules are a little bit different than they're used to. And Obviously, a lot of the places they go, like Israel, for example, there's a, a minor language barrier. Um, but I know everybody that I know that has ever played in Israel has loved it. So <laughs> and they say that they say that uh, usually players like to come here because pretty much everyone speaks English. And we're very loose on uh, rules and regulation and the practices <laughs> is a bit a bit less serious <laughs> and demanding than uh, uh, maybe in uh, surely in the states, but also some other uh, European cities. Um, you're Canadian, right? I am Canadian. Yeah. You watching the FIBA World Champs? Yeah, some of it. Um, some of the times that the games are, I don't actually get to see them all, but I've I've watched a few of them. Yeah, obviously we're pretty proud of our Canadians right yeah. now. <laughs> That's what my ex my question. Think you can go all the way? Yeah, I mean, it's the best team, in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, that we've had in a very long time. So I think if, if we're going to have a team that wins, it will be them that does it. <laughs> you think, um, I think, uh, is, I'm, I'm wondering, because um, FIBA is a questionable organization, and for World Cup, for one of the most popular sports in the world, and there isn't a, a lot of buzz for the tournament. Is there a buzz in Canada for the team? Yeah, I would say like most with the team, like our Canadian team has players from a lot of different parts of Canada. So like local news stations have picked it up, but all of the Canadian news stations as well are following it, which is really nice. 
Um, it's cool to see the support, obviously, within the basketball community, but it's always really fun when you actually start to get that support outside of the basketball community, which is kind of what's going on right now. If you're going to a bar today in Canada, that's the conversation? That can be the conversation? Yeah, it would like... definitely be one of them. Yeah, if it was like a sports bar or something like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. People love basketball in Canada and always have, but ever since the Raptors won, it's been, you know significantly more yeah. interesting to like the general public i would say so you only need to make a uh, kawaii canadian now <laughs> that's right we tried to keep them we weren't successful <laughs> almost almost <laughs> that's that's you really plays that much lately okay so uh, let's uh, speak a little bit about you and get to know you a little bit um yeah. you're from as you told us before from newfoundland canada It's mm-hmm. very, very, very in the north of Canada, the closest point to the UK. Yeah. So um, how that a, a girl from Newfoundland, Canada, turns out to be an NBA certified sports agent? So I always tell people there's definitely a lot of things I think that led up to it. I would say like the shortest version of the story is that I grew up playing basketball. Newfoundland is an island. It's a, it's a very small place. Um, but we've always had like a fairly significant basketball presence. There's always been good programs here. So I grew up in a program that took us from fourth grade. And essentially, they were hoping that we would become the college team, the university team here on the island. And throughout that process, I got to go to Canadian Nationals four times. Um, so that was pretty cool and kind of ingrained myself in the basketball community a little bit that way. Because in some of the bigger places in Canada, most people get to go maybe once if you're like, incredible and because I was from a smaller place I got to go four times which was kind of unique um, so from my days playing obviously I was always really passionate about basketball and then when it came to what I wanted to do as a job like while I was in university I started working in sales like direct to consumer sales 100% commission just whatever you sell you get paid for and it turned out I was pretty good at that I kind of credit that to all the fundraising I did as a kid um, for my teams and that kind of thing. So I started getting a business degree in university, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I ended up booking a one-way flight to Toronto. Uh, that happened to be the year that the Raptors won, so that definitely was a little bit of a coincidence. And I just saw like what it did for the city and the country as a whole, and I just wanted to find a way to be a part of it. And by the time I was finishing my degree, it was perfectly in time with when the pandemic hit, and now there are no jobs in basketball. The NBA has stopped. Um, my only option really was to create a job for myself and being in the basketball community, I know a lot of guys and some girls, but more so men that played professionally and they all complained about their agents. So based on everything they complained about, I figured if I know what they don't like, I could do better. You know what I mean? Like I can do yeah. that. So um, I had a little bit of support from some friends that played and just the downtime from the pandemic, I figured I would do something constructive with my time and learn how to become an agent. So yeah. Everybody asks me how I figured that out. And to be very honest, I just Googled it um, and kind of <laughs> went down the rabbit hole. And I ended up getting certified. So you have to write like an exam and all those sorts of things to get certified by the MBA. And when I got my certification, I was already working for a team. Um, it was in the same league that Xavier used to play in called the CEBL. I didn't work for his team, but I was working for one of the, comp- like the competing teams. So I decided to finish that season with them. We got knocked out before he did. And then literally the day we got knocked out, I kind of switched into agent mode and decided that was going to be the first player that I went after as a client. So nice. I signed him a couple days later. Uh, he'd never played in the G League before. He'd never 
I don't know if he'd ever played in a first sure. division league, to be honest with you. Um, but I had just seen him play for years because he's played in Canada for a long time. So I thought he was an NBA player and everybody told me I was nuts because they think he's about six feet tall and about 165 sure. pounds at the time. They said, that's not what an NBA player <laughs> yeah. looks like. Yeah. No, no way. Uh, and I told them they were wrong. So I signed him. Um, I got him into the G League a couple weeks later. And then two months later, we were signing his first 10 day contract. And Russ is kind of history. <laughs> Amazing. That's cool. I want to stop you here a little bit. What is the process of signing a player? Like, um, do you have like to do a pitch or uh, um, what does player look, um, look for in an agent? That, um, what you say that you can do better than others? Um, it really depends. For him, it was very informal because we have a lot of mutual friends. A lot of my friends have played with and against him over the years that he was in Canada. So we knew of each other anyway. Um, and we had met previously when we both lived in another city, and that was the city that he used to play in in Canada. So at the time, I just kind of reached out to him, let him know that I did get certified because he knew me as a door-to-door salesman. That's what I did when we <laughs> met. Um, and he laughed when I told him that I got certified, and I asked him if I could try and get him into the G League. And he said, if anybody's going to do it, it's you. So go right ahead, like nice. take your shot at it, because his agent was an NBA certified. He was only FIBA certified, so he was allowed to hire me as well. So how do you get someone in the G League? You call like the GM and said, look, I have this guy. He's really great. Watch the tape. Come and give him like a tryout. Yeah. So contrary to popular belief, there's no like bank of phone numbers or emails or anything. You literally have to go find them and again, go down another rabbit hole of like, okay, I found the video coordinator. Maybe they'll connect me to an assistant coach. Maybe you'll connect me to the head coach. He'll maybe connect me to the GM. So I went through the entire like staff lists of every single G League team and just tried to find people I knew. And I found one or two in the entire league that I knew and just kind of started building a network that way. It took me weeks to find all of the contact information for each team. And when I did have it, I put together like a really comprehensive pitch because he had just played against guys that played in the G League at his position. And he won. He was the MVP. He won that year. Um, so I just made a pitch to these teams and said, hey, you already have these guys on your roster. Here is proof that this guy is better. So who do you really want? And that kind of, it was an aggressive approach, but it drew a lot of attention. <laughs> It's a really Israeli approach. All the, the, the salesmen. Yeah. Uh, so you get the guy in the G League and then what, you wait for the call? Oh, absolutely not. From the second he started in the G League, I flew out to, I think it was his first game. Pretty sure it was his very first game. He was playing in Vegas against the, the, the younger team, like the G League Ignite. Um, so I flew out there, met with his team staff, um, started building a relationship there because I knew that if he was going to get called up, it was more likely that it would be within his organization than outside of it. Um, so I built really strong relationships there. I went to a lot of games. The first year he played in L.A., Everybody jokes that I lived in L.A., but I was actually living in Vancouver and just flying back and forth. Um, <laughs> but I spent so much time there just like networking, and like, you know, getting comfortable with them. And then we still dealt with COVID that year. So there's a tournament Christmas time for the G League called the G League Showcase. And I had planned on going. This was where I was going to go get him his contract. All the GMs are there. All the coaches were there. I knew if I was just like persistent enough that somebody would give him a contract. He was playing great. Um, and then about three or four days before I was flying to Vegas, they decided because of COVID that the only people allowed in were team staff. But fortunately, I had his itinerary, so I knew where everybody was staying. <laughs> I flew to Vegas anyway um, <laughs> and just kind of connected with everybody I could at their hotel. 
um, I just stayed there and just stayed on them, watched all the games, got the contacts for like the highest up people on the Clippers. And I just started calling them. I'm like, I know you're watching this game. I can literally see you there on TV. Tell me he doesn't deserve a deal. And then the next day, it was the last day of the showcase and Reggie Jackson had gotten COVID. And the rule at the time was that you could replace a player with COVID and there was no like salary cap or there was no like negative consequences for the team. And so I remember I got, I think it was the assistant GM of of the Clippers at the time. I got his phone number from somebody and I called him. I was like, listen, there will never be a more perfect situation to give Xavier a chance than to fill in for Reggie Jackson for 10 days. Like there just won't be like similar size player, you know, um, it was the spot that I needed and I'll never forget it. He told me, it was like, as of like 4.55 PM today, we're not replacing Reggie. We're just going to leave that spot open. And of course I was heartbroken. He flies home to Alabama for Christmas. I flew home to Newfoundland. So literally across the continent to where I live. Um, I got home. I was home for a couple hours. This is Christmas Eve now. Um, I remember I just had like, you know, said hi to my family, like got a shower, that kind of stuff. Amazing. Picked up my phone at, I want to say it was literally like 12.02. And it was a call from Lawrence Frank from the Clippers. And he said, congratulations, Stacy, check your email. Uh, you got the 10 day. And wow. we just freaked out like I didn't even know what to say I was like speechless I'm like did the president of the Clippers just call me like it was crazy <laughs> what a story. and anyway yeah I FaceTimed him he had just gotten the call as well he was there with his family we were all just like crying on the phone it was a mess but we both booked the first flights to LA he flew out there obviously to meet with the team and I flew out there to be there for his first game <laughs> nice so, so you get the 10 days and uh and you continue pushing Sorry, what? After you get a 10-day contract and you're in day nine of the 10 days, what's, what are you doing? Uh, doing absolutely anything you can to try and get him extended. And fortunately, he played really, really well on his first 10 days. So he made my job a little bit easier. We ended up getting three consecutive 10 days. So he was actually with them for a whole month. And then they sent him back down briefly and then brought him back up on a two-way. So it was the most insane year. He went from virtually unknown to playing a couple months in the NBA where everybody said he had no business being. But it was crazy. I remember he played against the Brooklyn Nets in one of his first games. And Kevin Durant did an interview after the game asking, like, what happened? And he literally said in his interview, Guys like Xavier Moon just killed us. That's crazy. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, I so have a question. Cool. Did, did you do it all uh, like as a self-employer? You, you're not mm-hmm. part of an agency, right? So all the right. expenses, all the, the, the flights, the hotels, it's all on your own dime? Yeah, I paid for it all myself. I used my savings and I just crazy. made it work. <laughs> yeah, I like to, to put so much in that. I don't want to be rude, but but does commission from 10-day contract covers all the expenses? Um, theoretically, it was probably close. Once he had three 10 days and the two-way, yes. But the way that NBA players get paid, they get paid like normal people, like biweekly checks. I get paid when he gets paid, and it's based on what's on that check, you know? So, yes, you get the money all back, and it's a gamble. Like, we're investing in these guys um, because we believe they can make it and believing that we will get reimbursed. Um, but up front, we have to cover everything, or at least that's the way I operate. Obviously, agents are free to do whatever they please. 
um, as long as it's morally sanctioned by the NBA, I guess. Um, But yeah, no, I covered everything up front. You can actually have the player cover it, but I didn't do that. He had he wasn't an NBA player yeah, at the time. Yeah. He was just playing oh, in Canada. Just amazing the commitment. It's like, yeah. a, I, don't, I don't want to say that, but, it's, but you're very young, so maybe you don't even know it, but it's a true Jerry Maguire story. Oh, yeah. I had never watched that movie. And then when people caught wind of my story of getting Xavier to the league, everybody was like, you realize you are the modern day Jerry Maguire, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like an exact uh, copy. Right? Even the starting from understand people don't like their relationship and I want to change it. It's, it's the story of Jerry Maguire, but you're very young. So <laughs> I logically don't even know the movie. Um, okay, so you get Xavier, virtually unknown player to the league. And then you start booming? Yeah, so it was interesting because I feel like a lot of players just need the right agent. Like, there's a lot of great agents in the world, but you just need to find the one that fits the situation that you're in. In his case, he literally couldn't have had a better person to try. He was my only client. I invested all my money and all my time into getting him to where he needed to go. And it took all of it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Anybody else had been doing that and had to pay for other clients or you know, spend their time on other clients, it may or may not have happened. Um, So I guess once people kind of like caught wind of the story and a lot of people well-documented the story through Instagram and that sort of thing, um, a lot of guys just resonated with his story, like small town guy, like virtually unknown, undersized, all those sorts of things. He had been, he was 26 years old at the time. Most guys don't have hope in hell of making the G League at that age. Usually they're younger and he was just like the ultimate underdog story. So a lot of players that resonated with him in one way or another, just, you know, they started to reach out and say, you know, can we try and do the same thing or something similar? Where do you think I can go? And a lot of my client base, well, actually all of it has come like organically. I'm, I have like some sort of connection to all of my players. <laughs> and some player uh, approach you and, do you do it like, honestly, listen, I know I got the Xavier to the NBA, but for you, there's no chance. Let's think, think overseas. Let's think G League or maybe South America or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm honest to a fault, which is a downside in this industry. Like I have lost clients because I'm honest with them and somebody else will lie to them and tell them what they want to hear. And that's who they want to go with. And that's fine. But I will always be very like straight up with guys. And I'm not going to say I'm right either. It's all just projections. But I always tell guys, this is where I think that I can get you. If that's what you're interested in, then it's a good situation for both of us. If that's not what you're looking for, I'm still happy to help you. But understand, like this is the pathway that I can see us taking sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely honest to a fault. And it has burned me in the sense that I've lost guys. Because a lot of agents and a lot of salespeople in general aren't as honest as I am. And that's fine. I just hope it works out for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So um, other than getting the guy to, the, to get a contract, whatever contract it is, what a sports agent does? For me, it's like a case by case basis. Like I have guys that have companies that I help them either like market their companies or Fortunately, I am partnered with Meta, so I have access to his massive ecosystem of companies. So we get to pull from there and kind of fill their needs, whether it's they need tax advice or maybe asset management or, you know, I just don't know how to do this. I've had guys call me for as crazy things as I don't know how to cut a mango. Can you show me on FaceTime? So it, <laughs> it really just depends on the player. Like 
I'm open to helping them with just about anything that helps them, whether it's on and off the court. Um, I've helped guys, you know, do things for their families that they've wanted to do. I've connected them to financial advisors, lawyers, all that stuff. It just, I don't try to push anything beyond the contracts. Like I don't push any other services, but I let them know what's available. And if they want to avail of any other services, I definitely have the people that I can connect them to. <laughs> How many players do you have uh, in your agency? Right now I have 10 that I manage, like I actually manage their careers. I mean, a lot of these guys have brothers or cousins or friends that I'll get, you know, one-off contracts for here and there. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I have 10 guys. <laughs> nice. You have a, talk about do you have a special name for your agency or it's just like uh, Stacey Leewood? Like sports, yeah, so it used to be blah, just blah, blah. my name. Well, kind of, yeah. So before it was just my name, I was just like my own entity. But recently I opened a company called Leewood Sports and Entertainment. Nice. And that's when Meta actually became a part of my agency. Nice. Okay, you opened the door about the mango. Well, I will ask, uh, <laughs> what's the craziest ask did a player ask you from, for something? Uh, the craziest? Oh, well. I don't know. I feel like I just know my guys so well that nothing they say or do really surprises me at this point. I'm like, that's pretty on brand for him. Um, maybe the craziest ask, but I thought it was really sweet, um, was one of my clients asked me to co-sign for his engagement ring. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that's cute. That's cute, but I'm sure there's something more funny. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Like someone asked like... you to bring a beverage or, I don't know, like to call a specialist, like get me a masseuse right now or get me, you know. No, nothing like that, really. I mean, I did have one client that was invited to like a really high profile party uh, recently But I wasn't going to the party. So he asked if instead of going to this party, could we just watch Ridiculousness? Um, so <laughs> that was kind of a strange request, I guess. But okay. we just sat there and watched Ridiculousness for hours instead of going to a very high-profile party. <laughs> Sounds like a good decision. Yeah, I mean, it works for me. You need to make the player <laughs> happy. Yeah, you need to make the player happy. You know? uh, yeah. Okay, so... You are now have 10. Um, what, what is your dream player to have on your agency? Ooh, my dream player. It's a big one. Yeah, that's a tough one, honestly. I feel like there's so many of the younger guys like coming up that obviously would be really wise investments as an agent. Um, but I will say before I worked in the industry, My favorite player of all time and he's definitely still in like my top yeah um has been jimmy butler so to rep jimmy butler would definitely be like a dream come true um yeah that would be crazy he's just somebody i've looked up to like my whole life then you'll have weird uh, asks for him for sure you'll have Probably, a bunch of stories yeah. <laughs> if you get butter no I, I don't know him personally, but from what it looks like, he is an intense guy and you like very entrepreneurship and very intense as well. I think it's going to be a good, good match, but what do I know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell us um, a bit, um, how, is it, how you help a player other than Kilo um, make phone calls? Do you give him like advice from stuff you hear, like scouting advice? Uh, advice on his game or maybe how to act outside the game the game how what kind of uh, advice do you give players in order to make your job easier um a lot of what i feel like i do advice wise is i like to like 
you know how with like when you're growing up with like kids around siblings and stuff like everybody's always asking why 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 well I kind of encourage my guys to do the same thing I want them to ask like if they don't understand why we're doing something or why a team is doing something or why a contract looks like this like I encourage them to ask those questions because I feel like there's very minimal education in like the like the industry of basketball period and they might know what they're doing on the court but I think it's really valuable for them to understand you know even when it comes to on the court like what is going to get you paid what are the two things that teams want to see you do for you to make this team when it comes to contracts what are like five things that you should make sure are in this contract especially when it comes to FIBA so like I teach the guys these things as we're going through it they get a contract and I always tell them let's go through it like we can go through it line by line and I'll tell you what it all means so just to give them I guess to give them the power back a lot of guys obviously have agents because they don't understand but even if all of the guys understood the business of basketball, it wouldn't put us out of work. They don't have the time to do what we do. You don't have time to be a player and an agent at the same time, or not very successfully, in my opinion. Um, so I definitely, I like to educate the guys. I like to empower them to know what's going on. And that helps them have better expectations as well, in my experience, because a lot of times, you know, you'll see things in the news about players want this or that or make this demand. But a lot of times, I swear, it's just because they don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand that what they're asking for doesn't make sense. And it's because nobody's ever taught them that, you know. Um, So I would say that's like the main thing I do in terms of like a differentiator in terms of like advice is I definitely try to teach my guys the business of basketball. And I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job because now I have a couple guys that want to be agents when they're done. (laughs) Nice. Um, How did you met Met? How did you met Meta? (laughs) So that was an interesting story. So when I couldn't get a job in basketball, I started working for like a nonprofit, like sports media company in Canada. And I told them I'd do it for free, no problem, if I only had to interview people in basketball. And I actually didn't interview her, but somebody else I worked with did, interviewed Colby Shinto. And she, at the time, was the youngest NBA agent. And she credited Meta in the interview for being the person that helped her become an agent. So I thought I could use some help becoming an agent for sure. So I found him on LinkedIn and I messaged him like this whole story about how I heard everything that Colby said about him and how obviously he had like really valuable experience in the industry. And I'd love to learn the things that he taught her. And, you know, I wasn't expecting him to even answer. So that was cool in itself. But he answered and he was like, sure, no problem. What's your phone number? (laughs) I gave him my phone number. He called me about 10 minutes later and it that's where our working relationship started since then we've done all kinds of projects together including i rep his son um but all of it started just by having i guess the courage to reach out and ask for some help it's crazy <laughs> like the world give you all the signals to to be a <laughs> you know sports agent it's amazing like hey yeah it's so strange hey mr <laughs> hey mr michael jordan can you please give me a call and just want to ask a few questions about basketball <laughs> oh yeah 10 minutes <laughs> yeah i yeah, know it's where is stacy in 10 years uh 10 years from now i would assume that i'm going to be a gm in the nba by that time i think it'll probably happen before 10 years from now but even if it takes me 10 years at that point i'll probably still be the youngest gm in the league so i'm not too worried about it <laughs> you have a goal uh do you live in i forgot how you called your little island in canada but <laughs> do you still live there or you're No, so I'm here now. So this is Jelly Bean Row. Actually, this is what the houses look like in St. John's, Newfoundland, downtown. They're really cute. Um, 
artists love them photographers love them um so nice. i'm at my family's house right now we have so many of these on the walls and mailboxes and everything else um i just happen to be here visiting right now but i'm based in toronto, toronto. <laughs> nice okay so we are at, um, an israeli podcast and we're looking to go international how can you help us <laughs> I would say the easiest way to help you is just well first of all I guess by sharing this once this comes out and just like connecting you to people in yeah. my network because I swear some of the people in my network are the greatest people I've ever met nice. <laughs> they're always willing to help people and it's a small world too one of my friends in the industry I'm sure you probably know her she's the GM for the Cleveland charge the Cleveland's G League yeah, team she's won. from Israel Exactly. So it's a small world. I feel like we probably have more mutual friends than you think. And that's the most organic way to break into a, a new, I guess, side of the industry or a new country for you guys um, is just to use the connections you have. They're the most likely to help you. And now you know me. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't do my job if I want to ask you about one of your clients is Leangelo Ball. Mm-hmm. And we all know about uh, the Ball family and the craziness at the start of um, Lonzo's career and LeVar. And how is it to get into that atmosphere? Family. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like everybody thinks that, like, I don't know. I feel like, especially in America, people see celebrities very differently. And I understand that they are a family of celebrities at this point. Um, but Leandro is really just a normal guy. Like, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met, honestly. Like, he answers the phone quickly. You know, he's open to doing anything that's going to help his career. Uh, he works really, really hard. I think he has a chip on his shoulder in the sense that, obviously, his brothers are in the league, and that's where he wants to be. Um, so now it's about crafting a way for him to get there. And part of that is, you know, getting out of his brother's shadows a little bit. And he just needed somebody that was really going to dedicate a lot of time to him and understand, like, where he wants to play and why and that sort of thing um so i've had a great time representing him so far honestly he's been rehabbing because he was injured um but he's almost back now so we have some workouts coming up and just seeing i guess like his resilience and his perseverance like through recovery it's honestly inspiring he works really hard <laughs> as, as an agent you also like Uh, responsible to to tell the guys to you have a walk out there the, the, you have appointment with the doctor in the, or it's just or most likely uh, focus on the side of uh, managing uh, between the, the the basketball teams I would say it really depends um, most of what I would do and I mean I guess it depends on the client but a lot of what I do for the clients is team facing I take care of everything to do with their team right That being said, I do offer them different training opportunities and that sort of thing, different rehab opportunities. Sometimes they're interested. Sometimes they have their own. As long as they're doing it, I'm happy. Um, as long as they're training, as long as they're getting the rehab they need, they don't need to avail of the things that I have available. They can use their own. That's perfectly fine. Um, but I definitely try and offer them opportunities, especially if it's something that they don't do as regularly, especially when they're starting out. Um, even like opportunities to get in the gym with Meta and learn from him. Um, Meta loves to train guys so, nice. and girls. Meta's huge in the female basketball space as well. So it's nice just to be able to have people like him and his network and trainers that he's used. And even as far as like, like, you know, obviously your physical health is one thing, but if players need any sort of like mental health help, 
you know, we have people in place for that as well. And I just always try and make it clear that if you need any help of any kind, you can always ask us. So you, you, um, the agent of every one of your clients, or you already branched out and you have other guys working or girls working for you? Um, so all of the clients are represented by me. Some of the clients I actually co-represent with Colby, who is the person that originally let me know about Meta's influence in the space. So that's kind of a full circle moment. Once I started meeting with Meta, um, just about different projects and about repping his son, he was like, you should meet Colby since she's the one, you know, that kind of put me on your radar. So now we work together. She does a lot of marketing stuff, but she also co-represents some of my guys. So she does do a little bit of team facing stuff for some of my guys as well. As my client list grows, I want to like maintain the same level of care. So at a certain point, I had to bring somebody else on to make sure that I wouldn't drop the ball. <laughs> nice. When you that much inside the game, you still love the game. You watch games, you interact about the league, you sit in a sports bar having a discussion about who sucks and who's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say it's more interesting now because from like a fan perspective, basketball was really exciting when you're rooting for your team and rooting for your favorite players. But you're a lot more invested when there are people that you know and there's, you know, real life consequences like that affect potentially my life and a trickle down effect for my players based on how things go. Um, so it's even more interesting now. Like I love watching basketball. I know a lot of agents don't watch all their clients games, but I do like it's a common thing that I'll have like one game on the TV, like one on my laptop, maybe one on my phone if they're playing at the same time. Like I try and watch all of them. It's amazing. <laughs> It sounds like a real time game. Uh, fantasy you know uh, sports <laughs> fantasy NBA game like you're all about one player you just focus on him what is the <laughs> give him the ball shoot what are you doing <laughs> so oh my god so many times my mom is very very invested in my career as well <sighs> there's so many times that we like watch my clients play and even if I'm in Toronto and she's here we're like texting each other like oh he should have shot that like amazing <laughs> yeah it's so funny um, the NFL season is starting today Are you thinking mm-hmm. about expanding to other sports? Uh, yes and no. I'm interested originally in like to start off expanding in the marketing side of other sports. Um, personally, like where I'm from, like here in Newfoundland, there isn't really football. So I would have a lot to learn to be like on par with my knowledge in basketball, which I feel like helps me a lot. Um, I would be interested in bringing other sports agents on to, you know, help represent players like that. I've had a lot of requests for football. Um, some from soccer players, a baseball player. So there's definitely demand there for me to expand. But I'm just trying to like build my foundation in basketball, be like very, very good at that. The deeper your connections are, the also the less time consuming it is. So at that point, then it would be easier to expand. Um, but I'm definitely open to other sports. I'm trying to learn about football. I know more than I did last year. So nice. <laughs> um, really off topic, but uh, um... just want your opinion uh, I don't know if you know but um, ESPN analyst uh, Mina Kimes just got the contract um, the biggest contract as a uh, studio NFL analyst some in the sorts of 1.7 yeah. million that makes her the number one person of uh, studio analyst and a lot of uh, backlash from I don't know what to call them people right wing <laughs> media or just you a toxic man says it's only because of war culture. What do you think about stuff like that? I mean, you never really know the true intent of why anybody does anything. Like, we'll never know. But I feel like 
there's a huge culture shift in sport right now. And I would say basketball is kind of leading that charge in the sense of inclusion in every sense of the word, whether that's like ethnically, gender, age, like I feel like the world is just being more inclusive and now it doesn't matter as much. Like I feel like if the same contract had been offered 10 years ago, if we think the backlash is bad now, it would have been insane, you know? So I feel like the world is just ever evolving. I think we're going to get to a point where it really doesn't matter what somebody looks like or where they came from. But obviously when there's people filling spots that were traditionally filled by somebody that looked different, a lot of times it's the people that traditionally used to fill that spot that aren't necessarily going to be that happy to see somebody that doesn't look like them in that spot. And there's always going to be animosity. Uh, But I think it's dumb personally. I don't think it really matters, you know, who you are, where you come from. It doesn't mean that you can do a better or worse job. If they think she's worth that, like that value, then like whoever it is, is worth that value. You're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. So. Stacy, it's been great by until now, but now you need to give us the goods. So think deep <laughs> and give us, I don't know, something really juicy and funny and emotional that happened with a player or a story that you heard, or I don't know, you by mistakenly um, driving in the streets and hitting a GM that you the next day meeting. I don't know. I need something juicy. <laughs> That's what our fans expect from us. Find, I don't know if you guys would find this juicy or not, but to me, it's one of the most interesting things I've come across so far. So I have a client who was actually a draft pick by the San Antonio Spurs back in 2015. Interestingly enough, He's never played in the NBA. And the reason for that is when you get drafted into the NBA, that team holds your draft rights. They may or may not ever sign you, but they can use that as something that they can trade. So unfortunately for this guy, he had had an agent when he got drafted by the Spurs that ended up being investigated by the FBI or something crazy. So he ended up without an agent, um, ended up in the G League. I believe he was the MVP of the G League, killed Summer League for two years straight, but didn't have an agent. San Antonio just never decided to activate him as an NBA player, eventually traded his rights to Golden State. And now, again, before the only team in the NBA he could play for was San Antonio, now it's Golden State. And unfortunately, now he's in his 30s. So because of that rule, that if you get drafted by a team, you can't play for somebody else, he will never get to play in the NBA, but he makes millions of dollars overseas. Oh, nice. Okay, but, but it's interesting. It's not what I looked for, but it's interesting. Uh, but let's talk about, yeah, you will still need us give us a good story, but I will. I will. What did he do as a player like that? He knows he's stuck. Um, if his rights isn't by the time his rights got traded, he's already too old. He's playing overseas, but there's no chance of him fulfilling maybe his dream. How how do you approach something like that? What do you promise this player? And if he wants to go back, do you talk to the Spurs? Did you try to them? forfeit the rights or how do you help him? Yeah. So the first thing I do, like I mentioned before, like I really try and like educate the guys because I think a lot of blame gets placed on the wrong people sometimes. Like I'm sure he was looking at his previous agent, like, Oh, this is his fault that I can't play for another team when it's like an NBA rule. So the first thing I ever do is just explain the situation, explain the things that we absolutely can't control and then present opportunities of things we can control. Um, So you have an option. They don't get to hold your rights if you don't go play for a team before September 1st. That being said, I'm sure you guys know players report in August to go play overseas. Nobody's trying to gamble and, you know, not have a job for a whole year to get their rights back. 
Um, so explaining that that is an option. I don't think it's a great option. So I do think you should continue going overseas, but that is one way out. And just, you know, the main thing is just to like manage their expectations. Like people can deal with bad news, but people don't like surprises. So just having like painting the whole picture and making sure that they understand <laughs> And essentially just getting really creative and seeing what we can do to kind of fill that void. <laughs> yeah, it's very... Okay, so um, I will do something funny. And <laughs> it's a little game we like to play with our guests. She will decide if it's funny, you know. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Only bring it up, but, you know. Um, and uh, honest to... Uh, a tea, so I'm going to be getting trouble for claiming it's funny, but it's going to be funny for me. <laughs> that's, so that's right. that you cannot take from me. It's a game we play with all our guests, and it's called Stay Sin or Stay South. I'm going to ask okay. you a question. We're going to ask you questions. Everybody can uh, join. And if you agree, you say Stay Sin. And if you don't, you say Stay South. Simple. Okay. No. So I'll, I'll toss you a softball for, to start. Okay. Um, dogs on an airplane. Stays in, yeah. Did you hear about the, the diarrhea flight? Oh, no. Yes, I did. I, very briefly, though, I just saw one of those like things on Facebook right. where it's like, this happened, but I didn't think <laughs> The call of the pilot was amazing. In them, sorry, it's the diarrhea on the plane. We have to land in Atlanta. <laughs> sorry. From the dogs on the plane. Okay. Um, and, uh, the beach. Stays in. I love beaches. It's uh, warm uh, up there? No, no, it's supposed to be no, like freezing, no right? Where you live in. So, Both. Toronto I would say when I was younger, the climate was much colder. Right now, um, we're all, <laughs> we've all been sweating for like the past week because it's very humid here. Um, I hate and it. it's about 35 <laughs> degrees Celsius right now. <laughs> I hate humid. Tel Aviv. Yeah. Tel Aviv weather. That's why I ran out from Tel Aviv to San Francisco. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very humid here. <laughs> yeah, we hate the sweating. Um, okay. Um, partying all night. Mm, stays out. I like my sleep. Uh, early mornings. Mm, also stays out. <laughs> I, I, I work, so I live in like the Eastern time zone, but I primarily work on like the Pacific time zone. So I've gotten really accustomed to starting later and just working later. So things <laughs> are not really my thing. Yeah, uh, I wish I could say the same. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying the same. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying the same. Um, annoying podcast hosts. <laughs> Honestly, Stacey. Wait, wait a minute. I'll take Funny, annoying podcast, podcast host. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take the podcast host for sure. You guys do some cool stuff. Thank you. Um, people just out of nowhere uh, reaching out and asking for crazy ask because you're in, in, in the um, uh, NBA sphere. Um, Stace out for sure. I mean, I'm a pretty generous person. Like if I have something of value, I generally offer it. So sometimes it comes across a little bit weird when people ask for things when I'm already so accustomed to giving things out. Not if it's like a ticket here and there, but some people, I, they, they ask for a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a play with irrational confidence. Ooh, stays in. I feel like if I can manage your personality, then on the court, that's great. 
a player that loves the off the court life too much. Oh, stays out for sure. I try and avoid those guys. So, so much unnecessary drama usually comes with that. Hot takes. Ooh, I feel like I have some hot takes sometimes. Ooh. So I'll say space it. <laughs> Share a hot take right now on the spot about something. Ooh, I saw one um, <laughs> that people were debating on Instagram. Who has a deeper bag, Luca or Shay? And I, I would go Shay, to be honest. Well, really? Well, she's Ooh, Canadian. Come on, Steph. Yes. Have a Slovenian agent next week and, you know, <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> exactly. But Shay's awesome, yeah. I love Shay. So good. Um, okay. Having a Any huge idea? house in the future. Owning guy. Ooh, honestly, I'm going to say stays out. Like, unless there's... A, does it come with somebody that's going to clean <laughs> <Yes>. it? <laughs> well, you know, when you... You're the sports agent, you tell us. When you make it big <laughs> and you have a, a huge house, uh, mansion style, it's usually come with people that clean it and I don't know. Yeah, I can't imagine myself in a mansion, to be honest with you. Like, maybe a two-story house, like, you know. Yeah. Three or four bedroom house, but I feel like that's a regular sized house. I can see that. Uh, working out. Yeah, let's go on. Um, alcohol? Drinking alcohol? Yeah, stays in. I mean, where I'm from, um, we drink like a lot of wine. Uh, we also have this thing to get initiated into the island. It's called being screeched in. And you have to take a shot of our really dark rum called screech. Uh, so I feel like for that reason, I have to be in. <laughs> uh, I have to. Uh, can't uh, disappoint the, the people. Um, exactly. yeah, for, for me, and a lot for, for all of Israelis, uh, COVID time was a huge wine drinking time. Mm. Huge. It was the same at uh, your hometown? Yeah. Um, I spent most of the pandemic either in Vancouver with friends or visiting here on the island. Here on the island, a lot of wine for sure. Um, at the time when I was in Vancouver, I was staying with one of my friends who was pregnant. So like not quite as much. Wine <laughs> no. uh, in Newfoundland, definitely. <laughs> Guys working out without shirts. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of indifferent. Like I feel like to people that don't work in the sports space, that might be like unusual to see, but I feel like it's just normal yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. People telling you what you can't do. Oh, stays in. I love that. Not because I believe you, but because I don't. Like, if you tell me I can't do something, I'll make sure I do. (laughs) That's the Jordan meme. (laughs) Right. Stacy, you've been great. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. (laughs) If you're you're going to any Chase uh, Stadium games for the Warriors, come say hi. I'm... uh, Writing for an Israeli website. I'm uh, doing all the covering all the games, uh, oh, home awesome. games for the That'd Warriors. So yeah, if you're around town, uh, and me. what we usually do with guests we like because we don't like yeah. any guests, we try to bring them to our sphere and reconnect with them from time to time. And we really enjoyed the, the time with you, and hope you will uh, come again in the near future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm open to it. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Great. Um, so, Stacey, anything you want to promote or plug? Um, not other than my clients. I mean, check out my like you know company Instagram page with all of their content, which is just Entertainment on Instagram. 
Um, you can find all their highlights and links to pretty much everything they do there. So I don't know, check them I, out because that's the main thing. <laughs> as you said that, I'm thinking a lot, of, not a lot, of, a lot but many um, players that play in Israel at one point can uh, did a jump to definitely the G League, but also to the NBA. So maybe you should just throw a few of them uh, down our place. And uh, you see one of your clients already did that in the second division. And I'm sure in the first division, there's more exposure. Think about mm -hmm. uh, uh, throwing your guys over here. Yeah, definitely. I'm super open to it. Israel's an amazing country and very well-respected basketball country, whether it is first or second division, to be honest. So I'm definitely open to it. I would love to have some clients play in Israel and then I could come visit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. See some really humid and heat. <laughs> yeah, you might have to bring like, one of those like handheld fans from like Disney yeah. World, but I'll yes, do it. <laughs> yes, yes. Especially okay. this time. Yes. Yeah, but... Okay, thank you. Uh, awesome. Thank you very much. It was very impressive. You're, you're very impressive. And if I was a player and young, <laughs> I would definitely <laughs> sign with you because you're really yeah. an impressive person. And I'm wishing you all the best. We wish you all the best. Thank you. I and appreciate friends. you. And that's it. Have a great time. Rest of summer. And... Thank you. Training camp yeah. is soon. Yeah, no problem. Best of luck to you guys, too. If there's ever anything I can do to help any of you, you have my contact, so feel free to reach Thank out. Thank you so <laughs> much, Stacey. It was a pleasure. No problem. Bye, everybody. Bye.